Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential and achieve your definition of success. Hey, Goal Achievers, welcome back to Elite Achievement. In March, we hosted our second annual Instagram Live series in celebration of Women's History Month. This year's series, Grow Towards Your Goals, featured four guest experts in mindfulness, business strategy, fitness, and networking. Today's podcast episode combines highlights from each of these Instagram Live discussions. If you are inspired to learn more after listening to this episode, head to my Instagram profile, Meet Kristen Burke where you can watch the replay of each live. Also, be sure to check out the show notes to connect with the guest experts. I kicked off the Grow Towards Your Goals series with the topic of mindfulness because I am on a journey to evolve away from the constant pressure of doing more, to realize the benefits of slowing down, and to be more present. According to mindful.org, mindfulness is the basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we're doing and not overly reactive or overwhelmed by what's going on around us. That sounds pretty fantastic. I invited Heather De La Torre, a certified yoga instructor and project manager in corporate America, to share her insights on mindset and the many benefits of yoga. Heather's favorite quote, do one thing, do it well, move to the next, certainly describes mindfulness. Well, let's start with your favorite quote. Um, do one thing, do it well, move to the next. What does that quote mean and why is it your favorite? So it's really awesome to hear somebody else say that quote because um, that quote was said to me by a coach that I had, oh, over 10 years ago now. Um, in another lifetime, I was in marching bands and I did color guard and I did it at a very high level. It's called drum corps international and through drum corps international, it's not associated with a school. It's an independent group. And we rehearsed 12 hours a day, um, for about a month, uh, five weeks. And then we spend two months traveling around the country competing against other cores. So one of my coaches through drum corps, he used to say that to us whenever we were practicing because he would notice that we were thinking too far ahead. So he would stop us and say, I can tell that you're thinking about the next thing. And because you're thinking so far ahead or you're so worried about that, like really hard part of the routine coming up in 20 seconds, you're not focused on this super simple thing right now. And you're not doing this well. So I just want you to focus on exactly what you're doing in that moment, do that part really good, and then move to the next. And then it became this thing he would just say to us during the season, do one thing, do it well, move to the next. And it's something that I've actually said to myself often. Um, I used to have it on a little post-it in my desk upstairs. Um, And I recently started sharing it with some of my yoga classes because it really applies. Um, The other thing that I'll say is um, that instructor actually passed away a couple years ago. And so it's like really special to me to like when people are saying like, oh, that really resonates with me or just hearing other people say it is really cool. I appreciate you sharing that quote and the background behind that quote. It makes me think how often I am focused on the next thing. Like, what do I got to do next? What's on the to-do list? What Mm. client is coming up next? And so it's that reminder to be fully present where you're at, which I think connects with our topic today of mindfulness. What role does mindset play in helping us grow towards our goals? Having a positive mindset is just so important. I think it's really easy to have negative thoughts when it comes to goals and achievements and next steps for us. So especially when we're sharing it. So it's this fine balance. So we share it with somebody and 
maybe they are doing the same thing or they're like, oh, I have that certification or I'm going to do that too. In that moment, it's very easy to have a negative thought of, oh, now this person is my competition. Whereas if you think about it in a more positive mindset, how can I pick this person's brain? How can I work with this person to help us both achieve our goals? Or maybe they've already achieved the goal that I'm working towards. How can I take advantage of their knowledge? Can I ask them questions? Maybe they could be a mentor to help me achieve my goal in the amount of time that I set or faster or just having more knowledge about what I'm working towards. That reminds me of abundance mentality versus scarcity mentality. And it sounds like you have a very abundant way of thinking. Have you always thought that way? Or is that something that you've learned on your journey? No, (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, I think previously I was of the mindset, like whatever I'm doing, if someone's doing the exact same thing, they're my competition. So becoming a yoga teacher. Uh, I think that's where the mindset change really happens going into it. I was in a training with 10 other people and we built these relationships going through this 200 hour training together, spending our entire weekends together. And I never saw them as my competition. But in reality, if you think about the job market, well, now there's 10 new yoga instructors looking for a job. Are we all going to get a job at the studio we trained at? Probably not. Does everybody want to be a yoga instructor at that studio? Probably not. Mm. And so when you're going through a process of reaching your goals, learning something new, training for something, if you create those communities and come together, you're going to get so much more knowledge. And then you're all going to go on different paths. Sure. There was a couple people from my cohort that did teach at the studio that we trained at. I trained in Seattle and I moved to California right after. Um, There were some people that were just in the training because they just wanted more knowledge about yoga and they were just going to continue their personal practice. They just happened to want to gain that knowledge. And so it's important to know, you know, people might be doing the same things you're doing, but their end goal may not be the same. And even if their end goal isn't the same, you can still create that community. Um, If you're in a business, if you're a small business and you sell, I don't know, you sell apples, (laughs) the guy who sells oranges, sure, it's still produce, but he doesn't have to be your competition. How can you work together to, you know, create something great for everyone? Let's talk about yoga and mindfulness. Why are yoga and mindfulness important? So I think it's really great to practice mindfulness during yoga. Mm. So a lot of teachers will say, we don't practice yoga to get better at yoga. We practice it to get better at life. And that's so true. You can come into the yoga room or come onto your mat. Maybe you're practicing at home or by yourself or whatever, you can come into that space and whatever happens there, it's practice. It's not perfect. And you can play with things, whether it's physical or whether it's mental, and it gets more into that mindfulness piece of it. So I always try to encourage my students to stay present Um, mentally as we move through class or focus on their breath as we move through class. I teach a lot of power classes. And so we move pretty quickly. We get our heart rates up, breathing gets a little quicker. And so when you get in the middle of class, sometimes you're like, like you forget to breathe. (laughs) And so I stop, I'm like, okay, we're going to hold this pose. And I just want you to take some big breaths here. Can you come back to that deeper breath? And that's the thing. If they forgot that I said that at the beginning of class, who cares? I reminded them and now they're like, oh yeah. And it's just doing that over and over again until we get really good at it. Um, I've been practicing for a really long time. And when I have teachers, when I go to their classes and they're like, you're going to take this breath to movement on your own. I'm like, 
seven poses behind everyone because my inhales and exhales are just so long (laughs) the entire class because I've practiced it so much. But then I go to a sculpt class and it's like, I forget to breathe (laughs) because you're moving so fast and you're doing cardio and there's weights involved. And it's just a fun environment for us to just practice the little things and, and, you know, coming back to just being like, okay, I'm holding this warrior two pose and is my quad on fire? Yeah. And then I just feel it. Right. And I just start, okay, I'm going to take a deeper breath and I'm just going to pause here. Or maybe I'm in tree pose. I'm, I'm just going to enjoy this balance. I'm just going to be here. And you have that person leading that's reminding you like, Hey, be present. Just feel this. It's okay. If you forgot to be present for the last seven poses, who cares? We're practicing it now. Coming into the studio, a lot of people are like, okay, I'm here to practice physical yoga, but really it's um, it's really tied into the mental state. And that's where we can build those strong, mindful skills. What are some ways a busy woman can slow down and learn to be more mindful? I recently practiced this and I had to really focus on it and really think about it, but I'm going to use an example to explain my answer. (laughs) I went to Seattle about a week and a half ago and we flew out on a Wednesday and our flight was at 6 PM. So I had a full day in front of me. I worked, I taught a yoga class. I had laundry to do. I had to get my cat ready for the people that were going to be watching him while we were gone. And I said to myself that morning, I don't want to just be getting through my day to get to my trip. My trip is exciting and I'm really pumped about it. Uh, I used to live in Seattle for seven years and I was ecstatic to go back. But at the same time, I didn't want to just be going through all these motions just to like hurry, hurry, get to the next thing. I just wanted to enjoy what I was doing while I was doing it. So when I woke up, I said, that's what I'm going to do. I went about my day as usual. I still worked. I still had to, you know, do my to-do list. But in those moments, I wasn't thinking of okay, while I'm drinking my coffee, I'm not thinking like, oh my gosh, do I have like 20 emails I have to read through? No, I'm just going to make my coffee, enjoy a couple sips of coffee, take a breath. (laughs) And now when I'm reading my emails, that's when I'll worry about what my emails say. (laughs) And then the same thing with my yoga class. I have taught yoga for many years. I have a good playlist ready. I have my sequence ready. I know what I'm going to teach. I don't need to think about that until I'm, until I'm there. Maybe in the car, I listen to my yoga playlist just to get myself in that vibe, but I don't need to be worrying about what's going to happen in that class until I get there. And then same thing while I'm teaching the class, I don't need to be worrying about my to-do list of, oh, I got to do my laundry when I get home. I got to get the cat things together. I got to finish that packing those few things for our bag. I got to make sure I get something to eat before we get on the plane. I wrote it down. I have a to-do list. (laughs) It will happen. And it was really nice to just enjoy the day, the things that I normally do, just leading up to going to the airport. And then I was like at the airport and I'm thinking, I should just keep doing this. (laughs) I don't need to be worrying about what's next on my trip. We had so many great things planned. We were going to our favorite restaurant, seeing our friends, seeing family. And so we had it, we had it all on our calendar. I was like, I don't need to be worried about what I'm doing on Friday while I'm enjoying time with friends on Thursday. I can just be in that moment, enjoy time with them. And then the next day will just come and I'll enjoy time with the next people, the next things. It's just stopping and enjoying the things, even if they seem monotonous, Mm. like getting the mail, right? So sometimes I'm working. So I work from home for my project management job. Sometimes I'm upstairs and I'm like, I need a break. I'm going to go get the mail. So I walk outside, take a breath, 
enjoy the sunshine, walk over to my mailbox, grab my mail, come back in. Oh, exciting junk mail, maybe a bill, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, get rid of what I don't need, file the other one away. And then I go back to work. Um, fortunately we live in California. So stepping outside at probably most days of the year is just like a nice little breath, little break, little sun, but it's just things like that. Like just enjoy those moments. Don't always necessarily be in a hurry. You can do things efficiently and not be rushed. There's a difference between physically going somewhere and doing something fast and it happening in your brain. And that's really hard to separate. And even really hard just to slow your brain down. I know it's really hard for me. Um, So it's something I have to consciously think about. Heather shared with us the importance of mindfulness. Focusing on one thing at a time and doing it well and embracing slowing down to enjoy everyday moments in our lives. The concept of slowing down also showed up in my conversation with Lindsay Schmidt, owner and consultant at Right Hand, as we talked about why it is important to take the time to work on your business. Lindsay is an expert on business planning and strategy. Let's talk more about working on your business. There's something that is so important about taking the time to pause and work on your business. Why is that important? Definitely. I think, so I'll get into my reasons in a moment, but I feel like those could be endless the reasons why you'd work on your business. Kristen, you have a post on your Instagram and it's just pause. And I was like, this is so powerful. Why do we pause? But you mentioned it. You know, Why do we take time to work on our business? It pulls us away from working in our business or those generating revenue activities. But at the same time, investing that time and working on your business can just pay dividends down the road. Here's some things that come to mind. I think for starters, revenue is one. Mm-hmm. Studies have shown that businesses that plan grow 30% faster than those that don't. And so revenue would be a big reason. I think second is setting aside time each week. It could be monthly. I think weekly is great. Monthly, definitely, and definitely quarterly. And then those annual plans. But taking the time to look at your business in a more proactive manner allows you to look at it more holistically versus reactively. And then as you come across challenges, you are, you know, solving needs in the more immediate versus taking a step back, looking at trends and seeing how you can solution more clearly and taking that approach. So it could be, you know, I need to invest in a system that solves that need versus I'm just going to solve it myself. You're constantly in that churning in your business zone. So taking that step back to be more proactive about your business is really important. Um, I also think it allows for better decision-making. You know, there's a million decisions you make every day about your business. And I think that's where a solid plan comes into place when you're making decisions. How does that feed into my plan? How doesn't it? But as you take that time to work on your business, you can make those better decisions. And as you know, Kristen, as a small business owner, time and resources are limited. And so how do you best allocate your resources accordingly? Um, Your time, your investments, And taking time to work on your business will allow you to do that and make better decisions. When we talk about the word strategy or plan, it can feel overwhelming. What are the key elements of a successful business plan or a business strategy? I think people oftentimes use business plan, strategy, interchangeably. I think as a startup business, having a solid business plan is really important, right? If you're working with investors, you're trying to set that map, if you will, for what your business is going to be and how it's going to operate. But I think like you and I, Kristen, we're oftentimes working with business owners, service-based professionals who've been working in their business for a couple years out. They're looking to grow to that next level. So I think at that point, we're talking more about strategic planning and business strategies of how do you grow to that next level and how do you get there? So that's more the path you're taking to grow within your map, if you will, within your plan. So it's choosing how you're going to go about growing and then committing to that. So I would say um, when it comes to a business plan or doing strategic planning, I think it starts with a solid foundation. And so whether it's a plan or a strategy, you need these three critical pieces to start with. And that is a vision, 
Um, a vision tells you where you're going. And ideally, you want a vision that's five to 10 years out. So a good vision, you know, if you can think out 10 years, great. If not, if you can't think that far down the road, five years is a good benchmark to start with. But a vision, again, articulates where you're going. How do you know when you get there if you don't know where you're going, right? Or if you don't know where you're going, how do you know when you're there? So that's a first, So that's one piece of that foundation. Second would be a mission. So why do you do what you do? Why does your business exist? And then lastly, kind of that core um, other element to that foundation would be your core values. And those are really your guiding principles for your business. They determine how you conduct business and how you work with your clients. And so I think with that foundation, whether it's your plan, your strategy, having clarity there is critically important. From there, I think you need to have some high-level objectives, whether you call them objectives or goals. They're high-level goals that you're looking for your business to achieve, right? And the strategy is really about the action of getting there, and the plan is more about the future thinking process of where you're going. So we talked about the core pieces. We talked about the high-level goals. I think lastly, you need to be able to answer these questions. So if you have a piece of paper handy, I would jot these down. Um, I ask these of everyone. But the first is, what products or services am I going to offer? Or what services Mm -hmm. um, um, am I going to offer do? So that's one of them. Whether you're service-based, what services am I going to offer? What products? Two, who is my target audience? Or who are my customers? Basically, who are you selling to? And then lastly, this is a little bit of a market research piece. And if you're doing a strategic plan, doing a SWOT, you know, on your business, especially if you've been operating for a while, it's really critical. But I think understanding what differentiates you from the marketplace, Hmm. what's your competitive advantage, I guess would be another way of saying it. If you can answer and understand those, that's like the baseline for starting to develop your strategies. What are some mistakes you have seen business owners make in regard to planning? One that sticks out for me is there's a lot of um, new things and new ideas that come about all the time. Instagram Live, this and that. And, you know, you look at it's almost the new shiny offerings or looking at what your other business um, competitor is doing and looking at what other businesses are doing to get in the marketplace. And that's all great. I think that's important to know and to see what um, new technology is out there. But I think um, a lot of times I see business owners, um, I wouldn't even say making a mistake, but they get distracted from what they're doing and what they're focused so clearly on because they do have a well-built out plan. They have strategies and actions to take them there, but it's just that distracting piece because they want that new shiny object or to try that. And I think they should. But I think understanding how that fits into their plan, if it does or doesn't, is really important at the same time. So I think that's part of that taking time to work on your business. As you see a new opportunity or a new idea, sit back and think about how does this align or fit in with my strategy? Does it or doesn't it? And if it does, how does it fit? Maybe this is a later thing and not a not now time um, because I have other priorities. And so... I think that's one big mistake I see. Again, not even a mistake, but I think that's just a challenge I see many business owners face, myself included. And I think the second piece is creating a plan, taking the time to build out a plan, and then not taking that time to execute it. Um, Plans look pretty. Plans look great when they're all done because everything seems to fit. But going through that process and investing that time to create a plan, build out a great strategies to achieve that and not taking action on those plans. I think that's another thing I see oftentimes, you know, when I check in, how, how's that going? You know, they didn't hire me to coach to the plan, but just let's build a plan. So I'll check in now and then. And it's like, oh, we, we haven't done much with that. So sticking with that and building that accountability, I think is really important. Do you have any tips or strategies to help us all execute and put our plans to work? Yeah, I think for some, that might be something simple as hiring a coach, someone to hold you accountable to that plan. I think another strategy, you know, depending on if you are a single solo business owner, solopreneur, 
I think building a mastermind group, a local group of other business owners around you that you can share that plan with, they can check in and help hold you accountable. But I think accountability is kind of what sticks out for me as like one of the strategies. Again, whether that's um, hiring a coach, whether that's finding a small group of business owners like yourself, like-minded business owners Mm -hmm. that you can share your plan with, maybe they share theirs and there's that accountability check-in and just you know, sharing successes, wins, challenges. Um, and I think a third piece might be um, your team, sharing that with your team and helping them be a part of that plan and helping them see the work that they're doing and how that connects to the bigger outcomes. Um, I think from an co- accountability standpoint, those three things could be very powerful for those to really execute on that plan. Speaking of accountability and masterminds, we are now accepting applications for Honor Your Ambition Mastermind Growth Groups. If you've been craving relationships with other ambitious women who are passionate about business, head to honoryourambition.com and apply to join a growth group. Growth groups will be an ideal place to share your business plans and goals. Lindsay shared with us the three critical components of a strategy or plan, vision, mission, and core values, and a mistake that business owners make when it comes to planning, not implementing their plans. When I connected with Hillary Lewis and Yaya Margarita, the owners of Shine Studio Fitness, a boutique fitness studio in Southern California, they also emphasized the importance of thinking through the bigger picture to ensure they are doing what they set out to do. And they shared another important execution tactic which is to understand what is working and what is not working. I'm curious to learn what ways, Hillary, are you growing towards your goals this year? One thing that Yaya and I have both been doing is like sitting with each other and talking about what our goals are for our business, for ourselves, and like what we want the future to look like. I think as business owners, we often get so wrapped up in the everyday that we're like, hey, are we doing what we set out to do? Um, What kind of goals do we want to achieve this year? What does that look like differently than five years ago? Because we started our business five years ago. So kind of sitting with yourself and like really like deep diving, I think this year, you know, like really get into the nitty gritty. I feel like we really had to be honest with ourselves this year and kind of also like weigh uh, the pros and cons of what was really working for us and what wasn't, no matter how invested and how much we wanted some things to work, we realized that we had to drop certain things to really propel us into the next level. You can't know what we wanted to do. Yeah. And you can't like do it all. Like I know as like women, we say like, we can do it all. We can be moms and we can do this. We can do that. And we love that saying. It doesn't mean that you can't be all those things, but you also do have to prioritize your time. So like to me, growing toward my goals is like, well, first I'm going to deep dive into like, what do I want my goals to be? What do I want my next five years to look like? And then let's work backwards and like make those steps toward what we want the future to look like. And like Yaya and I too both were like um, training and doing new certifications. Like we're like, okay, how can we like up level ourselves? How, how can we figure out how to what the next thing is. Yeah. Like yeah. what's the, what's the goal, the ultimate goal here. And now that we've had five years like here, then, you know, yeah. What's, what's the growth? What's the next thing? And so it's so easy to get stagnant. I feel like yeah. business for so long, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that he, the two of you sat down and you started figuring out What's working? What's not working? How did you decide what to drop and what to keep? That, that can be a really difficult process. It was so difficult. Um, we had to be honest. That was one of the big ones, it, which is really hard to do. Because again, as moms, we want to do everything. And I feel like a lot of the reason, the hesitation as to why we had to drop a few things was fear or the way that it looked upon other people, but this is our business. And, you know, we wanted to grow it a certain way and we just really had to be honest and write down. We we literally wrote everything down and wrote like pros and cons lists. Yeah. And I think when you're really want to grow toward that next big goal, like you really do have to think so big at first and then start to piece together the smaller goals that are going to get you to the larger goal. Okay. So if we want to be here in 10 years or five years, like what does that look like in one year? What does it look like in two and three? And you think about that, like those steps along the way. Okay. 
And then what does that mean for today? What is that step that we have to take today to get to that point? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure mindset plays a big part in this. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You mentioned fear. And so uh, how does mindset help you grow in the direction of your goals? Mindset. Well, I, I know for me, it has to be consistency. I have to have that mindset of being consistent as like the, the creative half of this little duo we have here. I feel like my entire life has been a lot of just, you know, I'm an artist. So inspiration, I'll, I'll do it when I'm inspired. I'll do it when I'm inspired, but you can't really work that way. You just have to be consistent. You have to show up even if you're not inspired. And even if you feel like something that you're putting out there kind of looks like something else, but it's just consistency that drives any type of growth, really, whether that's, you know, working out or, you know, when you do work, whatever like the case is, it's, it's consistency. I know Yaya and I have been working a lot on like manifesting and mindset the last couple of years. She used to always be like, have faith, Hillary, have faith. So that's one thing is just like believing that it can happen, right? That we're worthy of it happening to us. Yeah. And then another one, like besides the manifesting part, I've been reading a lot on manifesting lately. And I'm like, why isn't this manifestation working for me? Like what, what could it be? And the, the other thing I keep reading about is the action behind it, right? So you have the want, you believe it with your whole entire core, and then you have the action behind to make that a reality, right? So it's not just like, Oh, I want a million dollars. And then you like, go sit on the couch all day or whatever. What are the steps to get you there? You know? Yeah. So I think that for me, that's kind of been a little bit of an awakening lately with my mindset. Like, yes, I can want these things, but like you almost have to become so laser focused on that, on that goal that you just, that you really can't think about anything else. And so your actions are going to align with it. Well, we talked a moment ago about the importance of consistency with mindset. How important is having a consistent fitness routine? We think it's really important uh, going back to the mind, like for your mental health, like first of all, you know, and your, your just ability to like go through life in a healthy way. We're a fitness studio, so obviously we want people to feel great and get great workouts and have challenged their muscles and all of that good stuff. But we're also about making fitness accessible to anyone, meaning like if you're, you know, an advanced athlete or you've never worked out in your life. So we like to instill that like working out is for life. And so you can like play soccer with your kid on the weekend. It's like when you're a grandmother, you can still go riding your bike with your grandkids one day. Like it's those little special moments. You can go on a hike with your partner um, and experience, you know, a Hawaiian waterfall, like whatever it is. Like this is what fitness is about for us. It's longevity, it's health, it's life. Um, so fitting in and being consistent with your workouts should be that motivation. It shouldn't be like, I have a bikini to get into in a month or, you know, like it's, it's those little unrealistic kind of goals that throw off the idea that fitness is a chore and it, you got to get back to that fitness is for life. It's for longevity. It's for the health of your body. It's you know? for endorphins. It's not always just the popping bicep, you know? It's, <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> for me, it's, you know, I get happiness from it. And I surround myself with other like-minded women. They're not judging me if I mess up on a dance step, you know? We're all having fun together and we're all just doing this for a mental break and a little break for ourselves. That's a phenomenal point is to think about fitness for longevity, health, and life. And I know there were times in my own fitness journey where it really was all about the way that I looked and being able to fit into a certain size. And, and I'm, I'm excited that I have now shifted for the most part to fitness being about feeling good, being present, ready to coach my clients. How do you think women can adopt that mindset where fitness is really for life and it's about my longevity and health? I think that as a woman, we just get so caught up in looking in the mirror, getting on the ourselves apart. Yeah. Saying negative self-talk. I mean, we still do it and we're, you know, the ones advocating for the opposite of that, but like, it's so natural, you know? So we've been conditioned for so long that we're still going through it. So it's about looking at the positives, you know, look at the parts of your body you do love 
and then saying, you know, well, if I do work out three or four days a week, I'm not only going to enhance my cardiovascular system, I'm not only going to gain more muscle and look, you know, more toned maybe if that's what you're looking for, but I'm also going to enhance my overall life. I'm going to be more healthy to do all these things. Like you have to think about your body as more than just what either you think about yourself or what someone else might think about you. It's you have this one body, you have to take care of it because this is it. You don't get to trade it with someone else. You don't need to compare to someone else next to you because you're never, I'm never going to look like Yaya and Yaya is never going to look like me ever. Even if we were in the gym a million times. Even if we ate the same things and worked out the exact same way, we're just so different and we should celebrate our differences instead of just, you know, trying to look like, you know, the 90s heroin chic or whatever the new body type is for this, you know, season. J-Lo booty. J-Lo, you know, everyone's so different. I read this quote a long time ago and it was like, don't talk to yourself in a way that you wouldn't talk to a little kid. You know, like you wouldn't tear apart a little girl's body. And I feel like us being parents, especially being parents to a little beautiful girl, like you don't want them to hear these things and just perpetuate that cycle of, oh, I'm not good enough because I haven't, you know, or I need to diet because I had a cookie, you know. We have to, and one of the things that we started doing, we started trying is like, you have to start changing your vocabulary. No more saying... I'm FAT. No more saying like I have I have this hanging out. Oh, like no, like just do not say it. If you see yourself, hear yourself starting to say it, stop it, shut it down, and replace it with something productive because that's just not productive. It doesn't make you feel good. Anyone else around you feel good. We have to start li- finding, like I said, finding those positives, lifting mm-hmm. each other up. The more, like you said, the more you know you exercise, you feel good about yourself because you know you're doing something really good for you. You know body. what you're capable of too. You know. And just feeling stronger. Like, when you start to feel strong, you start to feel like you're, like, invincible. Like, you're like, yes, like, I can do that plank for 30 Mm -hmm. seconds. Like, Mm -hmm. actually, one of our clients, Laura, came to me the other day with a story. (laughs) Yeah, I love that story. Tell it. Well, I'm super (laughs) over it. She was with her whole family and her grandkids, and they were all talking about um, how they could do planks, right? And so, oh, oh, and they were doing this move where they, like, put their legs over their head. And we had happened to in Pilates. I, like, never do that move. But I'm like... We're gonna try this move today, and it was like a, a, a lay over that. You know, you put your legs over your head, a rollover, and then you slowly kind of go down your spine. You have to really use your deep core, and it's difficult. And so she was like, "Oh, I can do this." And then they were talking about playing. She was like, "Oh, I can do this." And you know, she was holding and playing for like a really long time. Her family was like, "Whoa, what is going on over there?" And her daughter next day was like, oh, are you so sore from that plank in your core? And she was like, no, because I do them every day at Shine. Like, I'm not sore. And her daughter was like, okay. Go, Grandma. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just those stories, like, that made her feel so amazing. I could tell when she was telling me that story that she just felt so so proud proud of herself. Yeah, Yeah, for, like, being so consistent and sticking with it. And so, like, you know, she looks amazing, but she also – she felt amazing and she feels amazing. And that's what we're trying to say, like – it is more than just about how you look. It's about how you feel. And when you feel amazing, you exude that from your cells. That consistency is going to make you feel just so much better about yourself. Little tiny, like, building blocks. Like, you work out, you feel good, and then, you know, other people's comments don't really affect you anymore because you know, because you feel so good that all of that outside stuff, you can kind of block, you know, away, block off because... I feel good, so it doesn't matter what other people think. And I feel like little by little, that's the way that your self-confidence builds up. Hillary and Yaya highlighted how a consistent workout routine can help you grow your confidence. Consistency and confidence are two of the four characteristics of goal achievers. Clarity and courage are the other characteristics. Lindsay McMillan-Steeman, owner of McMillan Consulting, is a speaker, writer, and trainer known as LinkedIn Lindsay. Describe the role courage plays in growing your professional network. Let's talk about having the courage to grow your professional network because that that's one of those activities that might feel fearful to a lot of people. Why is growing your professional network important? I love thinking of things in threes, right? And so the first piece when I think of the 
importance of growing your network is that it keeps you relevant and top of mind. When you're actively growing your network, um, making connections, having conversations, it keeps you top of mind. Um, The second thing is it actually allows you to give back. And when I think of giving back as it relates to networking, I mean introducing people. So as I'm meeting people, I'm constantly, I'm just being a connector is kind of part of my DNA anyways. That's why I love LinkedIn so much um, and, and tools like Instagram, for example. But being able to give back and introducing other people to each other, you know, is only possible when you're focused on building your network authentically and actually knowing the people who you're meeting or, or who you're connecting with. Um, and then the third is that it really when you're intentionally growing your network and building your network, it gives you the opportunity to expand to new opportunities for learning and growing and making impact. So I'll give you an example. Um, I just recently uh, published an article. I was published in a a, a publication called Authority Magazine. And um, the publisher encourages you when you're um, featured in their publication to promote your article. So they bless that. They want you to do that. They want you to get in front of your network. Well, it's gotten a lot of attraction and, and a lot of engagement. And I, instead of just making that having that make me feel warm and fuzzy, I actually dove one layer deeper and I figured who are the people that are actually engaging and with this content, with this article that I posted on LinkedIn. And um, is there anyone who I don't know? Right. And so there were a few people who I don't know. And one person in, in particular Um, I went to his profile. I checked him out from top to bottom. I call it the 22nd rule. Uh, we had a few mutual connections, which is how I assume that he, he found me and found the post to begin with, but, but who knows until I reach out. And so I invited him to connect and I mentioned in the invitation, I personalized it, right? Cause, uh, you've heard me say before, Kristen, that we have an 85% chance when we authentically send that personalized invite, And so I said, you know, hey, I appreciate your um, engagement on my recent post in Authority Magazine. And then I put parentheses, the one with Mark Cuban and Venus Williams, right, (laughs) just to like jog his memory. And uh, I said, I'd love to connect. And so he accepted my invitation. And then I did the next best thing when you're trying to build your network is that I followed up, right? So Mm -hmm. I said, hey, appreciate you following up and connecting. Um, Saw you just got a new gig. So he is a, he's a new in his role, new company just started this month. And uh, he is a national sales uh, rep. And I happen to work and train a lot of sales reps. And so I thought, huh, like maybe I could, the company seems really interesting because I investigated the company as well. And so we had a couple of mass messages back and forth. I said, how's the new gig going? You know, looks like it's a totally different industry than what you've been in before. He goes, oh my gosh, well, thankfully they're providing amazing training and, but don't get me wrong. I'm drinking from a fire hose. I said, well, you're lucky that you're getting trained because there's so many companies out there that don't invest in training their new team members. I said, well, would you be open once the desk up? maybe this summer, would you be open to connecting for a conversation? Um, I love working with companies that invest in their team members and training because that's one thing I do. So I train sales teams. And he goes, yeah, absolutely. Summer would be great. Look forward to catching up. So here we are, right? Um, I don't like time stamping conversations, but we'll, we're in springtime and I'm giving them some leeway, right? Now, ball is still in my court to intentionally, you know, do what I say I'm going to do. And that's follow up with him. Um, but it's already in my calendar, right? I'm using technology. And so I just love that example of taking an observation and doing something with it and, and building my network in an intentional way. Now I'm curious. You said, I, I use the 22nd rule to check out his profile. What, what is this 22nd rule? Yeah. So I have trained thousands and thousands of people uh, in almost 10 years. And one behavior that I uh, have noticed over the years is when someone is looking at a profile. So Kristen, I'll just pick on you, right? Let's pretend we don't know each other. Even if we, even we do know each other, you should still take the 20 second rule. So oftentimes you would go to somebody like myself, you'd go to my profile and you would just stay right at the top. I call it the anchor area, right? So no scrolling. And you decide based on maybe where I'm located, maybe who our mutual connections are, maybe where I work, where I went to school, if you want to send me a message or connect with me or follow me and you stop there. But 
let me tell you the value of taking an extra 19 seconds to scroll through my whole profile, see what else you can learn about me. You would totally have missed that I have done a lot of work with Navy SEALs and special operators. You would totally have missed that I got two degrees at Clemson. You would totally miss, right? So many aspects of my story that would only give you a stickier and more relevant way to make a human connection with me um, and build rapport even more quickly. So I always suggest you know, sometimes the 20 seconds, you won't even use all 20 seconds, right? Because people have shorter profiles. But if you can just take that extra time to scan the whole profiles, take what little nuggets you would have missed otherwise, it can totally change the conversation that, like I said, you might have missed had you not taken that time. I also heard you say that you like to think of things in steps of three or in, or in three bits, three pieces. So what are three easy steps someone can take to better leverage LinkedIn? It's really hard to narrow it down to just three, okay? So uh, please note that these are not the only three, right? These are three that come to mind today, right? But very important nonetheless. And one uh, is include your credibility in your LinkedIn profile. So, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, when you get that new accolade or you get that promotion, don't just go to LinkedIn and update LinkedIn as if it were your resume, right? build out a story, help people understand like what it is and what it meant to you. And, um, you know, we take for granted, especially in larger companies and organizations, what our internal jargon is. Right. And so, um, I know what forum means and I know what fast track Academy means, but nobody else does. So you've got to quantify it, right. You've got to qualify it, put context around, um, what it is that makes you so great. Um, LinkedIn is the place to, um, position yourself to speak in first person, uh, to make it conversational. I was actually just um, met with my sister-in-law earlier today, and we were having a conversation about LinkedIn. And she said, you know, it's just really disconcerting when you get somebody's resume. Let, let's say she's hiring somebody. And then you do your extra homework, which of course means you go to their LinkedIn profile and there's a total mismatch, right? Or mm-hmm. let's say you are in the interview process and you see something on LinkedIn that isn't on their resume and you try to make that a relevant point of their conversation. My whole point in bringing this up, Kristen, is the fact that you have to make sure you are actually looking at your own LinkedIn profile on a regular basis, right? Your As time passes, your experience is changing and growing and evolving. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to all the people who know you who want to introduce you and all the people who don't know you yet, right? Um, to build out that that story inside of your LinkedIn profile and making it current. Um, so that's step number one: credibility and and really just making sure you're not neglecting that profile. The other is um, being a valuable resource publicly. I would say men and women, but women, for example, tend to be uh, more natural nurturers. So. Um, you know, we are naturally connecting people and introducing people. We're naturally, um, you know, offering help, and, and men certainly do this too. So it's it's definitely um, not gender specific. But my point is, in LinkedIn, um, make sure that you're actually being a valuable resource publicly. So here are a couple of ways you can do that. One is. Um, we're constantly encouraging people behind the scenes, right? Hey, you know, good job on this. Or I'm so, I I love the output that you did on this project. I might send you that in a text message, Kristen, or I might send you an email or I might tell our team in a team meeting, but why not give somebody those kudos and congratulations or celebrate them publicly on LinkedIn, right? And bring that, bring that accolade and that encouragement um, on LinkedIn. And it can be through a feature called kudos. It can be by giving them a recommendation. Um, there's nothing uh, really more special in the digital space within LinkedIn when you write a recommendation for somebody when they didn't ask for it. I mean, you want to talk about like surprising and delighting somebody and making them feel like a million bucks, um, write a recommendation. And I know there's uh, certainly, I work with in the financial services industry and there's a lot of fear around compliance. And of course, always know your compliance policy for sure. But make sure you know the latest version of your compliance policy, because oftentimes, especially in financial services, you might not be able to receive them. Or maybe you can, they just have to go through a compliance portal, but you can give them freely, 
right? So you can give recommendations. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so making yourself a valuable resource and celebrating people publicly. The other is, you know, if I read an article that could benefit you, but I don't want to just keep that between me, you and I, because if I think about all the people who I know who are amazing, who, um, you know, are similar, whether they're in a similar space as you or they're uh, business owners like you or they're growing a team like you are, Kristen, I don't want to just keep that nugget of information or education just between you and I. So I want to be sure that I'm sharing that content publicly because my guess is that somebody in my network could benefit from reading it too. So that would be uh, the second thing. So first is including your credibility, paying attention to your own profile. Um, the, the second thing would be being a valuable resource publicly, not just behind the scenes. And the third is really simple, connecting with each other, right? I mean, don't be afraid to build your network with other amazing people who are even in your same space, or even I would say in not your same space too. Like I, I'm in a mastermind group and all of us do wildly different things. And am I going to hire each of those folks individually? Probably not, but I still want to connect with them because I have an offline relationship with them and they may know somebody who I need to meet. So making sure that you're actually connecting with people and bringing those offline networks online through LinkedIn. Yeah, that's great. And I'm hearing such abundance mentality and all of your answers. And I, I think that's probably a big part that goes into growing your network is thinking abundantly. It's, you know, they might know someone that I need to meet and what can I share and how can this article help a lot of other people versus just one person. So that abundant mindset probably serves you well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's in giving people permission. You know, I've make this joke that I'm like this LinkedIn Lindsay fairy godmother, right? And like you have permission, permission granted, right? Um, and so I love just reminding people that LinkedIn's really no different than what you do offline. It just happens to be in a digital format. There you go. You now have permission from LinkedIn Lindsay to grow your online network. As a reminder, if you want to connect with the experts from today's episode, check out the show notes and go to my Instagram profile, meet Kristen Burke, to watch the replay of our Instagram Live conversations. I hope this episode inspired you to grow your mindfulness, business strategy, fitness routine, and network. With that goal, achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins, noting your lessons learned, and identifying your priorities for next week so you can consistently pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website, kristenberg.com to sign up and get connected. We can also hang out socially on Instagram. Follow me at meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, Goal Achievers, keep progressing toward your goals and celebrate those weekly wins.